0: N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash W-T-F. Lock the <laughs> All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Tuckians? How's it going? This is it. I, you know, I know this is a slow week for many people in terms of work. I think people are kind of shut down. They're shut off. They're getting ready to go. They're preparing mentally to uh, sort of uh, land in the chaos that they come from. To sort of go back, go back into it. Go back into the vortex. Put on your psychic helmets to enter the world of your childhood. Or maybe not. Maybe you're like, no, you know what? Not doing that. Just going to have uh, Thanksgiving by myself or with my family, my My family, the one I'm trying to, my family, the corrective, the family that corrects it, the thing that I made to stop the madness. I made these children to stop what you did. Look at me. I'm yelling at nothing. These kids will never see that. You did this and these kids, right, kids, right? Daddy's okay, right? See, I'm not going to be the same kind of person. What are you laughing at? I'm not going to be the same kind of person you were. I'm fixing it. This is the tone of a person fixing something. Ah, fuck. I can't get this on right. That's the tone of patience and correction. God damn it. Why won't this fit? Oh, fuck. I'm going to go back to the store. God damn it. Maybe I should take a picture with my phone. Smile. I want to show your grandmother that I'm fixing you. How's everybody doing? Look, I don't know where that came from. I do know that I am going back. I'm going to the source. <laughs> I'm going, but it's not a it's not a geographical location. It's a psychogeographical location. It's where my mother lives in my brain. I'm going to see her, and uh, you know that is you know that is the the scene of the crime that went on for a while. Minor emotional crimes in the big picture, but I'm okay. So I'm that's what I'm doing. I'm and I do this. Yeah, I have done it. There was a couple years I didn't do it, but now uh, we've tightened up the crew down there. Just family, no uh, no uh, no stragglers with uh, annoying political dispositions. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Don't go if they're going to bother you. Keep it at home. It's not that big a deal. But I'll let you know how it goes down there. I'll, I'll, I'll do my dispatch. We do do a new show every Thanksgiving, and I will do it. Also, today on the show, this fucking thing blew my mind. I've known this guy for years. I mean, years. Probably almost 30 years since we were doing comedy in New York. Mike Sweeney writer and has been the head writer for conan o'brien going back to the mid 90s and he also now he hosts the co he co-hosts the podcast inside conan an important hollywood podcast along with jesse gaskell but i i thought yeah i don't i didn't know mike swing there's so much we don't know about people that you make assumptions about and you just sort of like that's that guy i know that guy but you don't know fucking anybody do you really people are fucking incomprehensible to quote Sidney Pollack again from the movie Michael Clayton, I should I should look up the screenwriter of that thing. I could do it now. Am I gonna do it? No. But you don't know, you don't know people. And I did not know Mike Sweeney, man. I mean, we started talking and almost immediately I'm like, what? What are you talking about? That is fucking crazy that I did that throughout the entire conversation. So that's happening today. Um, It's Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy wrote and directed Michael Clayton, one of the greatest grown-up movies of the last 20 years. And his brother, Dan, uh, wrote Nightcrawler, I believe, and uh, directed that. Why am I still speculating? I, I just looked it up. I just wanted to give uh, Tony Gilroy the credit he deserves for people are fucking incomprehensible. So, all right, here's what's going on. Found out on Saturday that um, I won the best actor in the Hijo International Film Festival in Spain. I know I complained about what I thought was a a, a, uh, a you know not a great reaction to my comedy, and that uh, the the uh, communication barrier, the language disconnect, was. Uh, hard for me and and i didn't know how everything landed but i'll tell you how it landed best actor does it, and what that's pretty great I, I i i am honored and i appreciate the best actor nod from the uh judges at the he film fest and i know that uh as soon as that i put that on my resume things are going to take off for me They're already taken off. I got nowhere else to go. I, you know, I read the entire Jerry Wexler autobiography on my trip to get into the brains and mind and heart of Jerry Wexler, who I will be playing in the upcoming Aretha Franklin biopic, though it is a slice of life movie. It's not a a full, I don't know what I can say about it, but I'm playing Jerry Wexler. They found out, I found out Dave Cross. A guy who I used to, like, you know, I used to crash at his apartment when he was crashing at his girlfriend's house back in the day, Somerville, Mass., Bill Wilson's Museum of Sadness. Rest in peace, Bill Wilson. But uh, he's playing Jerry Wexler and in a Nat Geo uh, miniseries thing. Me and Cross are playing temperamental, compulsive Jewish record producer. And I think we're the only two that can do it. Perhaps me and Cross will get together after all this is behind us and do dueling wexlers right here. But I did read um the book. I actually got an email from the writer, the co- you know the guy who helped Jerry write the book, David Ritz. He also wrote a book on uh, Morris Day and on Aretha Franklin, but I got on the phone with him for a while, talked about Wexler. Yeah, you know, i got the uh I got some interviews on my uh phone so I can hear how he talks. So I can get it right, you know. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to do it an injustice because it's a big opportunity for me. And uh, y- you know, this is a guy that um, comes from another generation from uh, New York. He's of a generation of uh, Jews that uh, talk like this, but he's also a yeller. He's not going to take any shit. This guy. All right. That'd be five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars. I'll work it out. I'm in it. I'm doing. But the great thing about it, about reading Wexler's biography, autobiography, was just how it's like right up my alley because it filled in all of these gaps uh, in my music knowledge. It's kind of a great book. I think it's called Rhythm and Blues by David uh, Ritz. I'm excited about it. So that that's that. I got I told you about the best actor thing. We had a great time. Me and the director lady had a nice time. I got an email which I think was sort of resonated with me. Look, I understand the depth of Ireland. I understand the darkness of Ireland, the beauty of Ireland, the lush history of Ireland, just the feelings of poetic. Yeah, just like I'm enamored with it on all levels. I find it to be a very deep place. And I find that I make room for the darkness of Ireland because that's part of the beauty. But it's weird how we romanticize. And I think people, I guess this is the, uh, uh, some sort of um, blindsidedness of, of entitlement, of being you know, able to sort of romanticize, take vacations, to, to sort of you know, maybe have a bit of a blind eye to what's really happening in the country you're, you're, you're visiting because you don't want to fuck your vacation up. You know, you want to enjoy the 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 club med or whatever. I don't know what that's like, but you want to enjoy the nice little beach town, you know, right next to the city that's burning because people are fighting for their lives. You know, is that your problem? I mean, I think it's a big problem with our country in general. It's like the world is on fire, but look, can I just enjoy this pie? Thank you. I got this email and I, it's lengthy, but I think it's important you know, to balance out and, and also to raise awareness to it. I have two, what do you call it, teachable moments through emails. Irishman comments on your Irish comments. Hiya, Mark. John here from Dublin, originally from Kilkenny. Ever played Cat Laughs? Yes, I've done that twice. Not a great time. Anyway... I just wanted to say that I found your take on Ireland really refreshing. Most Americans go straight to telling you about their genealogy, saying that they're 80% Irish or something. I always feel really removed from people who say that stuff because it's like they've been sold some sort of holiday package that's coded in an Americanized idea of Irishness, like it's a fetish or something. I enjoyed the way you describe the people as embedded with the environment and also your observation on how existential the people are. I also really enjoyed how you looked into what turf is. All in all, it just seems that out of the millions of Americans who've doted on Ireland for years and years, your interest really seems to come from a place of genuine enchantment, which is lovely and really refreshing. But I guess when I hear Americans talk about how nice it is here, my stomach always sinks a bit because Irish fetishization is kind of damaging in that it greatly distracts from the other side of what's going on in this country. It's a complicated island. Yes, it's extremely rich with scenery and culture, Culture, which I cherish, but a lot of that has come at a serious cost. It's important to me that we highlight Ireland as a place that is also deeply traumatized. Our nation was established under a type of corporate Catholicism that absolutely obliterated the country's mental health all the way up until the early 2000s. Our current leaders are bulldozing our cultural quarters with hotel chains, and there's an increasing number of 10,000 homeless people on this island. Families are living out of hotel rooms, emergency accommodations, and we have a thing here called direct provision, which is essentially a prison for refugees. I know it's possible that I sound like a conspiracy nut to you, but this stuff is common knowledge here in Ireland. It's on the news and in the papers every day. These subjects are part of the fiber to which our modern culture is reaching to and basing our art on. I'm not asking you to wallow in despair. I'm not trying to kill your idea of the place. Ireland is beautiful and special and worth the bad weather. If anything, I'd like to enrich your fascination of the country by encouraging you and your listeners to look deeper than the scenery and how nice we all are. We're nice for a reason. Love your podcast. John, I don't have to say his last name. PS, it's pronounced Dunegall. Donegal. Gall. Donegal. Thank you, John. I I don't think you're a conspiracy theorist. I appreciate the lesson. It's a nice balance. And yes, there and it it did sort of strike a thing in me where I realized, like we all romanticize, we all, you know, certainly through a certain amount of entitlement, turned a blind eye either from apathy or uh, ignorance, or just uh, selfishness. And I appreciate the information. And I thank you. I will be sensitive to this now. So this is another. teachable moment it's gonna hurt a little bit literally it's gonna fuck your brain up q-tip eardrum incident hey mark wanted to start off by saying wtf has really helped me be more open about my mental issues with friends and family alike and given me so much more confidence in daily life through that especially my anxiety hearing you talk about your struggles with strangers in an oddly charming way And your genuine interest in the conversation is very inspiring. But on to the email. You had mentioned cleaning your ears with a Q-tip, which is something I do compulsively, but it made me think of a crazy story. I met a man in Fred's Texas bar in Fort Worth who was completely deaf in one ear because one day he was cleaning his ear with a Q-tip and he stumbled and fell into the wall of his tiny closet-sized bathroom and he punctured his eardrum with the Q-tip. Bleeding and in a lot of pain, he had to call an ambulance because he couldn't stand with the inner ear imbalance. He warned me of the dangers, and now I think of him every time I clean my ears. Be careful, your Canadian fan, Jesse. So now you too will be thinking of this man that Jesse met in Fred's Texas bar in Fort Worth, Texas. I like that detail, I like that. You know, like the thrust here that the guy burst his fucking eardrum with a fucking Q-tip incident. But it's important that the sort of texture of the story, you know, the details. The, but he was a guy he met in Fred's Texas bar in Fort Worth. So if that takes you to a place, like anything in this paragraph, other than, what the fuck? He fell on it and hit his, not the Q-tip into his head? But like, where's Fred's bar in Fort Worth? That sounds like an interesting place where the guy met a deaf guy and he got this story. How'd that happen, man? What? How'd you lose your hearing? Can you say again? I can't hear you in that ear. Yeah, what happened? Oh, man. Oh, man, are you sitting down? Because I can't see either. I added that part. Are you sitting down because well i can't see either you know you see i'm blind i had a horrible accident when i was putting eye drops in uh you know i I, I fell in my small bathroom into the mirror and i and i I jammed the visine into my eye and lost an eye and then i couldn't see clearly out of the other one so i wanted to clear that one It just happened twice in in, in, and i haven't even told you the 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 q-tip story yet yeah i i'm starting to think i should stop drinking because it's probably not the size of my bathroom am i right hey folks look let's let's get on with it my guest today is um mike sweeney head writer for conan o'brien going back to the mid-90s i have a history with that show i have a history with mike i have a history with the previous head writer he co-hosts the podcast "Inside Conan," an important Hollywood podcast, along with Jesse Gaskell. And it was one of the most mind-blowing stories of a life that I've heard. This is me talking to Mike Swing. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed is for you get it now wherever you get your podcasts
1: how do you know Ty Siegel Um, my son turned me on to
0: Wait now, like, how old are your kids?
1: Um, twenty two and twenty five. Get the fuck out of here! But when he was like thirteen, he said he started. He was like they would DJ. They whenever we would drive, they put together yeah. a playlist. Yeah, and, and uh, he played uh, "Melted" for me. Oh yeah, which is a great album. Sure. I, I but but it was one song from there, and I and so he's and I'm like, who's this? Who's this? Yeah. And, and I kept hitting
0: him. This
1: big Ty it's Siegel a, guy, huh? Yeah, he's
0: yeah, he was. He is. I just got Michael Cronin's new record. I'm giving, oh, giving it a spin. Good, they're very different. They're friends, they, yes, they're they, pals. They play they together, together at times, yeah, yeah, yeah. A very different sound. And yes, I think Ty Siegel puts out a record like every two months.
1: I can't keep up with him. Like, I'm like a teenage girl where I like one guy, yeah, and I'm just like, that's my but uh, forget it. Did you buy all of them? Uh. Well, I bought yeah, I bought them online. Yeah, but but no, I like the last
0: two or three albums. Forget so it. So your
1: kids are twenty two and twenty five. Yeah.
0: Oh, you just have two two boys. Oh, I thought you had like seven kids. Or no,
1: something. I, I mean I'll why. make up five five <laughs> children. I don't talk about two boys. Two boys. Yeah. Same wife. Same wife. Twenty eight years. It's been, been twenty eight years. That's insanity. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I must have met her once, possibly back in the. Jay, you know I loved her. She went to like we uh, were start and she went to comedy clubs <laughs> three times. And three? That was it. The third time, she's like, she goes, "You know what? I'm good." And I was like, "I, you are something special." Because I don't, I think I get it.
0: Because <laughs> I, I guess I met you. I mean, I moved to New York basically mm-hmm. in '89. And how long did you live in New York? Well, I, I moved down there. I was in, I was in New York. 89, and I was going back and forth from New York to Boston because I had to work for a living, but I couldn't get on a catch. So I was in New York from 89 to 93, and then back again from 95 to 2002. I met you in Boston. You did? I did,
1: and I don't. It was... I came up from New York to work at Knicks for the weekend. Oh right! And you know they had a Knicks downtown, and then one out in yeah. uh, All the horrible. Where marvelous Marvin Marvin Hagler was from?
0: Brockton. It was in Brockton. There was a Knicks in Brockton.
1: Yes. So I I that was a short-lived Knicks. Well, I think I closed (laughs) it. Brother, like (laughs) uh, if this is who you're sending here, was I working with you? We, they had a, a, they had an old townhouse. Right, right where downtown. Where I think Paul Revere lived or something. Right and, downtown. Yeah, and I stayed there one night, and you were staying in another bedroom. No. Yes. Oh, my and God. You, What and, year was that? I don't know, 88 or 89, maybe? Right. And we talked just for a few minutes, and I, you know, I I don't think I'd ever stayed in a In, comedy, condo. I'd always heard about them, right? And I, I was like, "What's the etiquette? And am I start supposed to be <laughs> do drugs and drink? What do I do, man?" And and did we
0: do drugs and drink? No,
1: we didn't at all. Oh. No, yeah, I think you were re- you were very philosophical. You were talking about a book you were reading or something. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." This not what this I. This man is too. on quite a life journey, and and. and uh, you know, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, did, that was it. We just talked that, for a few. minutes. How did that
0: weekend go for you in Brockton?
1: Oh man, I was with Joe Rogan. Right. Yes, he and he drove me out there in like a because he lived souped there, up Camaro,
0: like '87. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: wow. And I'd never met him before, but he was just you know like like. I, I had hair. He had hair then. A little bit of hair. Yeah, he had hair. Yeah. And uh, bigger muscles than, than now, probably. No,
0: he's really pretty big.
1: But he's yeah. probably still uh, you know just coming out of the kickboxing thing. He was just coming out of that. Yeah. And I, I what I learned that weekend was Boston Comics really liked to- Talk about other Boston comics, and he and he. <laughs> I don't like
0: to say. Well, he was pre. Oh,
1: he was preemptively like, oh, this guy doesn't. You know, he's not into me. But you know, I, <laughs> I could kick his ass. <laughs> and yeah, you know, we went to Brockton, and he he killed there. Yeah, yeah, he did great, and uh, and then I did the other club, and then I came back. The to next New York. downtown.
0: Yes. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it. I mean, look, yeah, it was all right, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, it, was, yeah. it, it was a specific type of audience. But did you do like where did you come from? I that's a, I like the overly broad question I grew up in New Jersey really
1: yeah, yeah like what yeah. part of Jersey and on the New York border Montvale yeah. small town I went to uh, Bill Maher went to my high school Pasquette Hills High School and uh, Tom Papa oh really yeah 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 like
0: are you the same age as Papa or a little
1: no, older? no good God I think I'm much older than Papa really and, and Bill Maher was I think two years ahead of me that's all yeah how old uh, are you I'm 62. Are you really? Yeah. Holy shit. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't start comedy till I was 28. I'm I'm 56. I thought we were the same. Uh, Sure. No, you're like older. I'm much older. You're a legit boomer. I'm a. Serious (laughs) Serious <laughs>
0: boomer. I'm a. Uh, <laughs> five people said, okay, boomer to me just today. Now? Oh, yeah, just, today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught the tail end of the boomer to the point we, where I have no identity. My right. generation has no identity. Right. 63 is just, what right, are right, you? Right. Well, we just picked up the garbage that they left. Right, right. But people don't ask you that, do no. they? What, no. How old I am or, no, or whether just I'm a boomer?
1: What you consider yourself.
0: I consider myself, uh, it, it's sort of nebulous. Right. Because by the time I got to high school, right. everything that had already happened in music. And right. And like sophomore, junior year, new wave happened. Right. Right. And then like we, I think disco was happening. Right. So it was nothing you could latch on to, <laughs> right. except for the, you know, the Zeppelin stuff that had happened years ago. Like yes. it all had already
1: happened. No, the, until until new wave and right. punk came in. That, yeah. That was a scary time and, yeah it was yeah. like who are we I can't, then, i'm not wearing those shoes yeah and yeah. Then i
0: thought the 80s for music was kind of bad
1: personally I thought.
0: yeah it was no bad. i think so i i can't like i can't remember because once i started doing once i, I was in college
1: I'm, yeah where'd you go to college in, boston
0: university oh
1: okay that explains okay That's explains how
0: you get, ended up in boston yeah yeah okay, but it. jersey so 28 so you had another plan were you one of those lawyers
1: I, I was one of the, the lawyers. You were, weren't you? Yeah,
0: I was a trial lawyer for three years. Holy shit. Hold on a minute. Yeah. So, Sweeney, now how many kids did you grow up? How many kids in the family? I thought you asked me how many kids I had again. Not you. Uh, no. <laughs> like-
1: three. I had two older sisters. I was oh. the baby. Oh, okay. And um, I also grew up in a, a kind of, a, my mother was a, you know, had uh, mental issues, and so it was pretty. It was pretty. Cr- like I ended up living at home until I was twenty six because of so your mom. I was to kind help of take, uh, Yeah, but also, uh, yeah. She she was like really into mind control. So, uh, yeah. Can you elaborate? Um, she, she, she was uh, in the sixty. 60- I didn't. I didn't learn this till much later. Was, yeah. Was She's di- still around? No. Oh, so that's we, why we I, can speak freely. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, she was diagnosed with multiple personality disorder. Really? Which I know, which we didn't know. I, I didn't learn that till much later. Yeah, would, yeah, yeah.
0: Was your dad around? I just
1: thought she was a bad impressionist. <laughs> and my dad was around, but he was like um, kind of a milk toasty kind of uh, alcoholic. Who, yeah. who you know? She, he, he was in over his head with her, <laughs> yeah, so he checked yeah. out, and then she would, you know she'd get really violent and stuff like oh. it was so kind of a wild childhood but it really? was it was kind yeah. of cinematic like we i think we told ourselves over oh, in a kind of in a movie because it was like you know like i it was crazy like yeah. i put furniture against the door at night really cuz i know like if she was in a certain phase She'd be coming up in the middle like, like two in the morning
0: with like a butcher knife like, what
1: yeah, no, is that crazy like we'd have to lock ourselves in the bathroom upstairs and
0: but theatrically or did she actually hit you or yes
1: the- yes you had you had to you had to move quickly, you had to get out of the way. <laughs> it was crazy.
0: That's fucking terrible. Yeah, so, yeah. But were your sisters old enough to at least w- look out for you? So you uh, got
1: no. It was there. Are you? If someone's, it was every man for. It <laughs> was kind of like. We'd all rat each other out to her to, to like gain favor, just even if it meant five minutes. Uh, so that was pre- the mind minute. control element. Well, I hear Kim, you know, was, <laughs> what? Just you know, just stayed up late last night. And just just mentioning it <laughs> apropos. Just the next time you're grabbing a knife, oh, you might want to oh head God. her. You might want to hit her way first. That's crazy. So, but, but when she wasn't. Crazy. She was very warm, <laughs> Love but
0: that's really. The it was di-
1: crazy schizophrenic.
0: But that's really experience. the diagnosis,
1: not bipolar. Like well, straight now, up my multiple personalities. Now they call it dissociative. I think personality disorder. How was Who which diagnosed much that? Much more boring.
0: Who diagnosed that in retrospect? How do you diagnose that I, in, I, retroactively?
1: I found out years later that she went to a psychiatrist mm. um, in the sixties when we were little. Yeah, uh, but no one ever shared that info with us. And uh, she I, wasn't on medicine? No. She had a condition where.
0: Uh, Holy crap. She would
1: never admit that she did anything wrong. So she would, like, there'd be two days of, like, chasing us around, and then she'd make us, like,. She'd be like, I, Yeah, you know, um, push your father out of the house. Like, she'd make us kick him out of the house all the time. How do you kick your father out of the house? Like, you'd grab him and say, Get get out of here. Because if you didn't get him out, she'd turn on us. So it, we, were, we were highly motivated. And then we'd have to like wire the doors shut. What? Yeah, yeah. And then he'd like sleep in the car. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And he had a big job. He, he like ran, <laughs> he ran over. <laughs> he was director of research for a, a pharmaceutical company and he was mayor of our town this is crazy yeah yeah it was all, and are you so, telling me the truth i'm t- yeah yeah I oh mean, my god one night he was sleeping in the car i think i was 12 and my sisters uh, were away at college so I, that from 12 to 13 i was alone with her at the height of the Uh, it was that was like a bad year and and he was like drunk sitting out in the station wagon in the driveway and so she was like we have to get him to a a hospital her whole thing was brainwashing us that he was the cause of she acted up because of my the way my father acted yeah if he was more of a man yeah she'd be fine oh my god we just you know we were brainwashed because we were afraid of her so anyway that he's he's drunk in the station wagon. She goes, we have to get him to the hospital. He's alcoholic. Yeah. And she said, um, I have a plan. Let's make a, a, a little lasso, a noose. Yeah. You sneak in the back seat and put the noose over his head and pull it so he can't escape. And then I'll get in the driver's seat and drive him to the emergency room. And you're room. 13. I was 12. 12. And so I'm like, I, you know, I think we should... <laughs> Maybe test this out on a dummy or (laughs) let's give this a week, you know. I I think we're rushing this. But, you know, she's like, just do it. Just do it. So I'm like, okay. So, you know, we're we're really sneaking out in our own driveway. And it's like, okay, on three. And I I jumped in and, I mean, I deliberately didn't get the lasso around his neck. (laughs) And then he escaped. He did? Well, yeah. I mean, I couldn't. And so then, of course, she she locked me out of the house for, for not. Last and week. where'd your dad go when he escaped? Uh, he started staying in like flop houses over like the Nan- the Nanuit Hotel Pizzeria in Rockland County. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a mess, and then um, uh, the and then it got crazier because then he got serious emphysema and he couldn't uh-huh. work anymore. And he, my mother took him back in the house, but he shared my bedroom with me. But because she had turned us against him, I didn't. I shared a room with him. I had to change his oxygen tanks and everything for two years. I never, and I didn't talk to him once. What? Yeah. Cause she, and then when he, and then when he died, my sisters and I, and I was 19 and my sisters were like in their early twenties. We all thought, I mean, we knew underneath, oh, she's, you know, insane. Yeah. But we, part of us thought when he died, everything would be great. And then, and then, Six months after he died, she turned it all on us, and we were the, all the problems. And but she had a crazy amnesia; like she would spend a night of of chasing us with knives, and and, and yeah. she'd do like crystal knock, like knock all the windows out of the house with a with a pitchfork, yeah, and crazy stuff. And the next day. You'd tell her what she did, and she go, "I, don't know what you're talking about." She would.
0: Oh my god! So you she would there gaslight to your 26. Yes. But like, but it, how how are you so reasonable I, and chipper? I'm
1: because I'm not there anymore. Okay, it's all it's all gravy. I, what do you mean? It's I'm like <laughs> z so. I remember seeing the movie Carrie, and they're like Piper Laurie's grabbing knives, yeah. and I'm just like, uh, uh, "Come on, when does this? But were you? When does this get scary?
0: But, <laughs> <laughs> when does the scary stuff? happen? But were you? Genu- I mean, you were yeah. genuinely terrified all the time. Your dad yes. was in the room with you for two years. You didn't talk to him. You were just there we wheezing.
1: He was wheezing on oxygen. I changed his tanks, and you it, never talked to. Well, him? he didn't try to talk to. It was. It was so bizarre. Was he drinking still? No, he wasn't drinking, and. Um, he couldn't. He had like 10% of his lung capacity. He was just oh, my God. He was just on oxygen. This is so grim. It was fantastic. It, it, you know what? I never told anyone any of this because it was like, you don't talk about what happens. By- and, you know, this is happening. Your mom I'm, said that? Oh, she's like, this happened. Believe me. Trust me. There's stuff going on behind every door on the street. I'm, I'm like, all right. Okay, okay.
0: Did she have a job? No. No, no, no. So, but when your dad is out of work and like he's dying, where you just he got
1: disability? So, uh, how'd your
0: sisters turn out?
1: Uh, no, they're great. They're good. You know, we we became really tight because we went through it. So, are they married and kids? They're married with kids. Uh, they all they all turned out really well,
0: and we're and we're tight. And I I think it's because we went through. Uh, this craziness right but didn't but you must have had some sort of fortitude because you seem pretty well adjusted you always have right but I mean that's not saying much I mean in a sense anybody can but was there did was there psychological um, trauma that you had to overcome Um, or process well when she was I I I, she was also very
1: loving Uh and and she was a good audience I I, really (laughs) I would try to crack her up when she was normal yeah and I when she was when she was fine, when she wasn't having an episode, uh, I think she's very nurturing. Yeah, and and so there was some some counterbalance to it. And uh, I I just when things were going crazy, like she'd literally go down in the basement and bang on a piano at two in the morning, and it, and you'd hear the music come through the du- heating ducts, and you knew. You, it's it, trouble? It, you, it was like *Family of the Opera. Like you knew she was coming up in around 20. And i that's when I'd be like, shit, get the desk against the door. And she'd be like, the door would be open and I'd be pushing. And she'd be like, right, right, with the knife. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes. Do you think she would stab you? Yeah. Listen, I came home once from a sleepover at a friend's house. I go up to my bathroom and I open the door. <sighs> and it's like 10 a.m. At my father's lying in a pool of blood because she- stabbed him and and he she punctured his lung and i'm just like ah oh, fuck i just want to have it but you know you're just used to it. it's just like ah this is gonna mess up so wait, saturday you know so you
0: had to call the ambulance
1: i i didn't call the ambulance someone uh but but yeah he had to go to the hospital but and we didn't i i never told anyone any of this till i told a girlfriend when i was like 23 in new york city and i thought it's gonna get struck by lightning like it was that ingrained that you couldn't talk about oh really yeah and what
0: and what the girlfriend do
1: uh she broke up with me (laughs) did she really no no no
0: (laughs) and then i was like i've got a powerful tool to get laid with this sob story (laughs) but i don't know so but what but okay so were the times that she was okay did they outbalance the other stuff uh No, it got worse and worse. It got worse
1: and worse, and then uh, were you the only one left in the house? Uh, yes, yes. My sisters. I I was so angry in my (laughs) twenties, and she also. I I wanted to do comedy, and I, you know, I was graduating from college, and and she's like, no, you have to that you have to go to law school, and you know her her mojo was so powerful that I I filled out law school. Where'd you go to undergrad? Rutgers in Newark. I commuted. Oh, Rutgers I, has
0: a campus in Newark? Yes. Oh my dad went to
1: Rutgers. And he oh, he did? Oh, okay. It. No, Rutgers, Newark is like it's a parking deck in right. one building. Right. And it was a thirty five mile each way commute. But I was staying home with her. To, she's like, You can't you can't go away to school. You can't you gotta you know stay here. There's too much to do here.
0: Oh my god, so, this is like Norman Bates.
1: <laughs> it was a little Norman Batesy, but um I got really good commuting. Uh, at uh, I commuted with a guy and I got wow. really good at, you know, the toll baskets? Yeah. I got really good at um, hook shotting yeah. the quarter in from the passenger seat. <laughs>
0: right. that's So that was my big memory
1: of <laughs> commuting to records and Newark work. And I can, uh, but... Um, and what'd you get? What'd you study? Did you do well? You're a smart guy. Uh, the first two years I was kind of like, uh, and then I, I buckled down and then, so she kind of filled out the applications for law school and then I got in to Fordham in New York City, yeah. in Lincoln Center. So I went there and then um, commuted there on a bus, which is really even And you're just worse. staying with her and she's yelling at The whole at time. You. She's yeah. yelling at you through your 20s. Yeah, the night before I took the bar exam. Yeah. Um... She was getting mad because I, like, I, I was studying for the bar exam. It was yeah. the next morning, right? And she was mad. I wasn't paying attention to her, so she like grabbed a knife and came at me. And I was just like, motherfucker! <laughs> I just grabbed her and like threw her against the refrigerator. And and she looked, you know, <laughs> like, oh my god! And she ran into her bedroom and called the police and said, I was murder, trying to murder her. Yeah. Did the police come? I, I, six police cars came. <laughs> <laughs> up our, roaring up our street I, I don't think like it's the first call they got about a murder probably yeah. you know in 40 years so they were all like, pretty jazzed and to you... meet me <laughs> so so she, I, and I'm just like I had like I, I'm a bad procrastinator uh, and I, uh, I had whole subjects I was planning to learn that night for this the test was next morning at 8 a.m. the in bar ma- exam in Manhattan and I was out in the bar exam it's a two day test and these police and all and I'm just like ugh so I go outside I'm like and then I go don't make any moves you know and I'm just like oh I gotta get rid of these guys like yeah. I've gotta talk my way out of this get them out of here and get back to studying right so that that was the goal for that night so what'd you yeah, say to him she's I, crazy I yeah I just I was like guys please by all means go in and talk to her <laughs> she's in the door on the left and uh yeah, but so uh, yes, they they kind of got the lay of the land, <laughs> and then they were on their way, and then I went back to study torts, in time for the test. And
0: did you, you pass a bar?
1: I I did, I did, and then I, I um, and this whole time I was like, I wanted to be trying stand up comedy, and I, I, but I was also, like, when I was in law school, I was like, just like, well, I've got to just yeah. do, do this thing, right? In law school. Yeah, my, and it was but know, did, miserable.
0: But you practiced
1: law for a while. I So then I got a job as a personal injury defense attorney, which was-
0: With like a- like a.
1: It was uh, an insurance company.
0: Oh, okay. But, but I not, loved not it. Not a group of, like you weren't on billboards with the guys, were you?
1: No. Were you no, hurt in an
0: accident? They were the I other wonder.
1: side. And oh. I was 25 and I had my eyes oh, opened to how people make up lawsuits. Like they'd use, like some lawyers-
0: would get disparred because yeah. they they'd use fake X rays for a client. Oh, so you you were worked witnesses. for the insurance
1: company? The insurance company, yeah.
0: and then somebody would you know, present, you know, would put together the case exactly. and give it to you. Uh, well, a lot of times, I'd come in
1: in the morning, and they'd go. Um, oh, they they put a file on my desk and they go. You you, they're picking a jury for this. You have yeah. to pick a jury, and you can learn the case on the subway. <laughs> so on the subway down, <laughs> I'd be like learning the file, and you have to go in and I. Had, and they they just let me do like federal trials. I had no idea what I was doing, and big, big like insurance fraud cases and stuff. And but- just you? Yes, <laughs> it was insane. <laughs>
0: And, and once you start practicing, what's your mom doing alone at the house? Uh, well, once I started practicing, I was like,
1: I I moved out. So I moved into a legal sublet in New York City.
0: Who's taking care of
1: her? No one took care of her for years and years. She became, uh, became a hoarder. Uh-huh. And uh, it did have a, a happy ending. Yeah. It, it really did. Like, um, She died in 2012, and three years before that, um, she had a she really hurt her back and she called my sisters oh and the three of us i'd invite her to my wedding my uh, our ch- my sister's and i none of our kids were allowed to see her uh-huh um and so it's
0: painful wasn't it painful
1: um yeah I, I i was worried i'd get a call that oh she died you know yeah. in a pile of her garbage and yeah. she had been there a month and <laughs> right you know yeah. rac- raccoons were playing with her yeah her entrails and and so, and I was like, oh, that's going to suck when that happens. Yeah. That's just going to be an open wound. Yeah. So then what happened when she heard her back and my sisters went over there and she had to go to the emergency room and they brought her to the emergency room. And for the first time ever, they're just like, ah, you might want to, when you're done with the back, check up, give her a little, I don't know if you have tests for the old brain. And they talked to her and they're like, oh, they admitted her. They did. For 48 hours, psychiatric evaluation. And they said she had a very rare condition where it's this thing where the person never can comprehend that there's anything wrong with them. Uh huh. And uh, and plus, she was paranoid and all sorts of crazy stuff. But so they put her on medicine and she had to go into a a nursing home.
0: Um,
1: But but it was a nice one. And um, just because her back was injured, but this medicine worked and she was great. She was like the good mother all the time. Wow. And so, yeah. So for I started. How many years? Like three three oh. years. But I started calling her yeah. and having, like, I'd hang up and just sit there stunned for 20, <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> and it, it was,
0: I never thought that would happen. Did she, like, was, did she remember your childhood and everything? And, like, did, she, like, no. No. So you were talking to a relatively new person, but she knew you were there. Oh, I mean, She'd have memory of things, but she didn't
1: have a memory of anything going on while it was happening. I'm telling you, she'd have this total amnesia. Uh-huh.
0: But like when she talked to you, uh-huh. she knew who you were. Oh you yeah, were yeah, yeah, lawyer. yeah. Oh yes, 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 yeah, yes,
1: yeah. yes. No, when when I was, um, and then when I was doing stand up, she was like, "What are you doing stand up for? You're uh, you're always a writer. You should be a writer. Uh, you stand. You're you're no good at it. What are you doing that for? Really? And so then I I end up becoming a writer. Eventually on the Conan show, and then she's like, "Ugh, what are you writing for? Stand up. That's (laughs) (laughs) what did you
0: you think? So she writing
1: for? I don't don't know. She, but that that was her. That's how supportive she was. But it's so funny
0: that you honored her wishes both times. That's
1: a that's a good point.
0: I I mean, you know, she told you to go to law school. You went. I did, and you practice this weird law. (laughs) Yes. And you were doing stand up at the same time once I, you moved into the city you started doing it
1: Second I moved into the city I started doing open mics. Yeah. So I um some days I'd be like preparing for a cross examination yeah. and then running to a, a club called Good Times to do an open mic. A
0: Good Times. Where was that? Uh that
1: was 3rd Avenue and 31st Street. I don't remember that place. No. It was it was gone. Oh, by the time you showed up. And really? People like Randy Credico hung out there.
0: Sure, Randy Credico. Now he's famous. Yes, again for I the, love it. For the Roger Stone oh, my connection. God. Randy Credico. <laughs> I used to see him in Boston. He worked at Air yep. America. Yep. He, him and his, like, he'd do one political joke and he goes, What yep. do you want? impressions? Yep. 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 And he'd do Popeye.
1: Popeye selling drugs in Washington Square <laughs> Park. <But, laughs> and then he'd go back to, All right, here's the postmaster general of the Sandinista government. <laughs> and no one laughs. Oh, his uh, Popeye orgasming. <laughs> Okay, I, I yeah. always loved him. When I met him, he was going out with
0: Joey Heatherton.
1: Do you oh, remember? Oh man! Yeah, he was,
0: and now he's like the key witness yeah. in <laughs> the Roger Stone trial. What was the other impressions he did? It was a oh, po- he, he did yeah. Telly Savalas.
1: Okay, yeah, which yeah. Would make, he would do Telly <laughs> Savalas for the Players Club shows, entertainment. Yeah, Telly, right. isn't that the same thing? Oh, I lapped it up. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Otto and George, Otto and George were at good times. Oh, really? Yeah. Did that you ever work something- with him? Uh, sure, I I I worked with him once, but I interviewed him. You did? No, I interviewed. Them. I had them on a live show. where because I I went and found Otto and George and had them on the live show because uh, I had a woman who had made a robot that talked that did stand up. So I'm like, I I figure like this would be an interesting pairing: the woman who made the robot and programmed it to do stand up, and Otto and his puppet. Yeah, and it was sort of interesting. <laughs> it may have been a, a high-minded idea, but I think it came off. <laughs> But who else was around then? So you started in 1980. Uh, it it was like
1: early 80s. 86. Right. Uh, and then I quit my law job in on August 1st, 1986. I remember that date. I had no money saved, but I had an illegal sublet. My rent was
0: really so, low. So and, your mother yeah. lived to 2012? Yes. So she actually was able to see you on TV? And to make the judgment about your stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she didn't come see you do stand-up, did she? Um, She did come once, Mm. and I think I canceled or something. Because I remember there was that time, so 86, so you quit your job and now you're doing stand-up. Because you were great stand-up. I thought you were very funny. Oh, thanks. Like, I I always enjoyed watching you. I liked, you were one of those guys, you know, you had your bits, but you were always, like, hilarious crowd work. I like talking to the audience. Yeah, so the improvisational trip was always uh, 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 exciting to watch. Well, that was more interesting to
1: me. I mean, I I like writing jokes and having them work, but I I, I think I was just lazy about writing material. Really? Yeah. Like, I'd be like, I'm going to write today. I'm going to write today. And then it's like 8 o'clock, and I had like four sets. And it's like, OK, I'm going to kind of just j- jerk around with the crowd. All right.
0: So, but once at 86, so like, h- how does that, that part of the career unfold? I mean, um, do you do? Because we all did those shows. Sure. That Caroline's Comedy Hour. Right. But that's like yes. 89. So by then you're Much doing later. it. Not that much later. It's well, like three years. Yeah. I but, mean, we all did those shows when we right. were like two or three years in, right? And evening at the improv. Yeah. Yes. I'd come out here to do evening at the improv. 89, 89, 90 through 92. Exactly. And we're like, but you really think about A-list. it. We're, yeah, but yeah, like we're the A-list, central, right? Comedy Central. Comedy central. Shows, you did yeah. that? Yeah. Who'd you open for? They used to put the the the, the big guy first, and then you would follow that guy. Yes. I did mine was Amazing Jonathan. I they had to clean up blood. And a severed arm before I, <laughs> before I, before I, before I went out. We'll bring you up in a minute. We're cleaning oh. out the boy. Was Richard Lewis hosting? No, it
1: was Sandra Bernhardt. Sandra Bernhardt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Richard, drunk Richard. I you know I'm trying I can't remember who you it was. can't remember who did it they yeah. put the big
0: guy first
1: yeah it was it, weird it was fine though it was it it was fine but uh, it's a nice set but the, is, wasn't the amazing Jonathan like a did magic comedy yeah thing? yeah oh, no boy. but
0: it was all weirdo like you know right. he, lit, he his closing bit was he cut his arm off oh that's why there was blood everywhere oh he cut his arm I thought, off I thought that was your way of saying no. He killed no we no, did I kill. He cut his arm off. How's that going to lose? <laughs> oh it looked God. real. And now Mark Marin. And did did, yeah. did they bring you up immediately? I don't know. I was in a borrowed jacket. I got the thing the day before I taped it, and I was staying at some publicist's house who I was <laughs> fucking. She lent <laughs> me her roommate's jacket.
1: <laughs> I always love when hosts are like like someone destroys and yeah. they're and they're total chicken. They're just like. I'm just gonna bring up the next day. It's like, oh, thanks, thanks a lot. lot. Do your
0: job. Thank you. Cleanse the palate. You fuck. Maybe thirty seconds. Oh my god. Hey, let's keep a gun. No, let's not. No. <laughs> Make them forget that. <laughs> I don't think it was that terrible. I feel like I watched it pretty recently. I've oh, watched. I'm sure it was great. I don't. But know, in I your mind, I wouldn't it, say It that. sounds like a scary. that I means scary situation. But look, I've been. I've watched my evening at the Improvs from right. '89, '91. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And And uh, and the Carolines. And right. Like, in four, I couldn't watch them for years. But like, I really right, do. Right. 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 I get this idea for some reason that like I wasn't me, but mm-hmm. I'm, I was me. I can yeah, yeah. see me in there. Yeah, of I was you know I was slower and more deliberate and maybe more nervous. Oh, with... do you feel like you were slower back then? Well, I was trying yeah. to do jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, just... right. I remember you corrected me on a joke and it was so embarrassing. What? What are you talking? Two about? Two times. Wait, what? I was what? really dumb. You're not... it was one you... joke? I I corrected you on a joke. Yeah, thank God. Well, I. It was like, because I always thought you were so no smart. Idea. Yeah. I used to do this big about? closer. Yeah. And it's so embarrassing, dude. It <sighs> was like, uh, you know, the second coming world tour. You know, yeah. uh, uh, uh The King of Beers brings you the King of Kings. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, I was saying a 52-state tour. And you're like, are there two extra states? And I'm like, do I have that wrong? It's fifty states, you're right. And then the other and then the other it's, one was It's uh, nice
1: of you to say I'm smart, but knowing there are only fifty <laughs> states, I don't know if that sets me apart
0: from a lot of people. I don't know why I got are it in my you Sure it was me. Yeah, I don't know why I got it okay. in my mind. I kept just thinking for some reason Hawaii and Alaska were, you know, fifty one and fifty two. <laughs> I would've stopped. I would've kept adding states, you know, as oh, gets better no. and better. I just made it up. Oh. but uh but yeah, that was a that was a big moment. So
1: <laughs> big
0: moment. So you're doing, but you're pretty yeah. serious about stand up and you're doing yes. the real shows. You're going to Atlantic I, City,
1: you're doing Boston. That happened eventually, but I got on the comic strip and then I, it's like, uh, it started getting into Catch, Rise and Star and all, you know, the, the clubs you mentioned. In were North they City. most, were you host, you thought of as a host? A host in sets, but I, I kind of started doing a lot of hosting. Yeah. And, and then I'd start doing one-nighters. Right. In
0: Jersey and all oh, that. Oh yeah. Which I loved because- Roger Paul gigs?
1: Roger Paul Gigs, yes, yes, and
0: I, and you I, it, go to Tony Camacho, do the rascals. Tony Camacho the Rascals, rascals. yes, Rascals, rascals by TV the Shore, show. yeah, the TV show. Did you do the Rascals? Yes, yeah, I did that too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a bad one. That was a rough one because I watched that one and it was like be, right after I got back from L.A. and I was yeah. all fucking beat up from drugs and out of my mind. Yeah, and I was sort of I what I couldn't believe. Yeah. watching it and and I noticed this. I just watched it, the first cut of my special for them I shot last week. Yeah. Is that like at that time in like 88 or whenever I did that, you know, I got a day, it was a day notice to go to Jersey. Right. And tape that fucking show. Right. I was in New York. I don't think I was sober yet. And, but there was, I had these habits yeah. like that were comic habits. Right. You know, like repeating something. How many couples out there? Couples. How many couples right. we got? These weird kind of. Standard tools, yes, of of road act shorthand. Yeah, but it was all in there. That weird repetition, like there are these things I didn't realize I have. Like I watched one last night. I do this right. weird impression on my show. Right. I'm like, I'll give, I'll do an impression now of uh, of where Jewish creativity comes from, right. and then I repeat it. Like, okay, impression of Jewish right. creativity. <laughs> <Here we are. laughs> And I'm like, where did those that come from? That is old school. That's right. That's very old school. Isn't it weird? Yeah. That's but old- I, like, I didn't like my jokes, but all that shit was intact. Right. Presentation right, right. was solid.
1: Yeah. You had- Weird. It's very funny. So you did all was, that stuff. I did all that stuff. And uh, yeah, and, and then I just, um, yeah, I'd do those one-nighters. Yeah. And then the and some colleges. And, and I would take anything for money because it was my sole source of income. So- you know, I do bachelor parties. And, you did, yeah. But, but, but
0: you weren't, but but you weren't afraid of that because, like, it kind of engaged your primary skill set, which was crowd work, right? right.
1: But I also thought, I like it was a macho thing. Oh, like yeah? Did you? Were you like that? Like I just? You like, had something to prove. I I have to I have to take any gig I'm offered. Oh, yeah, and I have to course. do well.
0: At it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, no, I, I, you, you feel, I guess it's macho, but it's also like paying your dues, right? Like, I, I should be all able, that stuff. yeah, I should be able to do this anywhere, yeah. anytime. Exactly. Yeah, it was, if I'm really, if this is my, my, really yeah. my calling, yeah, and like any, all the best guys did this shit. You right. got to get through this. Sh- right. I hated it. Like I'd go do it. It was so scary. I was so full of anxiety. Do and what? My, like what? Are you well, any about? of these shitty gigs. Yeah. Because yeah. my act was so specific. It right. was not like a party show. Right. Yeah. I'm not the guy you want to right. like right. the bar mitzvah. A, hey about to get married here's yeah, Mark Mary. yeah no you know and I knew that <laughs> there was nothing I could do to change that right but I'd still go do these fucking yeah, things yeah yeah well it's a learning I, it's like
1: dating it's I don't just know
0: like, how I got through it yeah I, I, like I look back on it and I'm like I don't know how the kid I was back then got through that shit right any of that living in Boston doing all those one-nighters yeah. I did one-nighters for years up there yeah that's it's
1: the one-nighters broke I like a few of them where I'm just like uh, just Comics who I didn't think were great were like the headliner, yeah, and sure, all that. And I'm just, and then I just said, I'm just gonna stay in New York City. And then I just stayed in New York City, and that's why, in order to stay in New York City, I started taking Bachelor Park, like, yeah,
0: or, or you know, you didn't go do like road work, like headlining, uh, you uh, a little bit, a headliner? Yeah, 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 no,
1: no, I never, n- never sometimes, would. sometimes, but yeah. uh, but not. A ton of it. Colleges. I did a fair amount of colleges. Oh yeah, yeah. I did a lot of colleges. Uh, you did NACA, and they hired you. I did NACA.
0: You. I remember who doing, was your manager.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Abrahamsons. Did the you, you know them? Yes. No.
0: Oh, I have no idea who that is. Yes, I thought I knew both, everybody. They,
1: they are a couple, and uh-huh. they, they both talked like this. <laughs> the husband and the wife. Yeah. So, <laughs> and who they? I, who I didn't know whether they were siblings or um, a married couple. But, who else did they manage? Um they they were really into ventriloquists. Like they What? Yes, for every summer their big vacation was yeah. going to event, ventriloquist convention in Kansas. Come on. And what they'd come back, they'd go Mike Sweeney, they'd call me Mike Sweeney. <laughs> Mike Sweeney, we saw over four hundred vents <laughs> last week. It was fantastic.
0: Ventriloquists. There's four
1: who even knew there were four <laughs> hundred? They, they saw them. <laughs> and we'll be back next year. We wow. already booked for next year. And how
0: how'd you get so
1: lucky I, to get them? <laughs> I uh, yeah, listen. It's it's amazing. I'm, I lucked out somehow. And when did, when yeah. did
0: we like? When was I'm um, trying to think like, because I remember. We were all in you had a pretty mm-hmm. big part in the CK Caesar Salad movie. Oh right, yeah, because I did the music for it and I remember oh, I didn't had to, know that. Well, I had to play over that scene where you you have that meltdown on stage. Right, right. You know as the MC. Right. With your eye makeup on and I, it was just weird and Jeff Ross had my guitar like, but he couldn't play so we had to, i had to do the soundtrack to the the oh watch my god watch the band and like line it up oh wow yeah it was like what was that 89 maybe 89 yeah right yeah yeah yeah
1: and i think sarah was in it sarah sure. sarah was in it rick mark shapiro was Owen. in it yeah
0: rick shapiro we were all everyone was in it yeah. todd berry was in it the was yeah. in it yes um Ch- i think Ch- was chuck Scar in it or he was in the next one maybe um, he starred in the next one in right uh, ice cream uh, or, yeah yeah lord was yeah. a. that was it there was a short that laura was in. right that was weird i love uh, Laura. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, great. But but I remember that time, like Charles Clark. Yeah, I remember that. It was so funny because you did this. I remember. I feel like I was there when they shot that because you had this meltdown on stage, right? Right, right. Yeah. I, I just kind
1: of ad-libbing a song. Right. Yeah. That was yeah. Wild. I've never. I've never seen that.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: It was, it's, it's. It's. I, don't, it's I, don't, I, I wonder if it's up, around. Like, I, don't I, I don't know.
0: I feel like it, I feel like I have it on DVD somewhere. But anyways. Yeah. You were part of that that whole crew. We were all part of this yeah. crew. You, me, Sarah, yeah, Todd.
1: Todd. I remember you when know. Todd moved from Florida. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 He. Yeah. He was like, hey, Amen. Yeah. Jeff Ross. Jeff, Jeff Lip-Schultz. Ross. He was Jeff Lipshultz. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when I started in 86, the yes, two started? It was, it was John Stewart, mm-hmm. Chris Rock, Colin Quinn, mm-hmm. Ray Romano. Yeah. And and. Those guys all just did great right out of the gate. And right. It's like God God damn it. Like Romano just I think I brought him up like one of the first times he ever did stand. Where at that comedy place? a place called Comedy U Grand. Yeah. Done it which was a great club. And he just you know, he basically was the Ray is today. Yeah.
0: Uh just did great right out wow. of the gate. Wow. They guy. all yeah, everyone seemed to yeah. make a yeah, yeah. that Stuart guy made a pretty good living. Stewart did really well. Was he Leibowitz ever? He was, yeah. For a minute, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. For for uh, not long for a few months. Yeah.
0: And then there was the downtown scene. Mm-hmm. But like when
1: do you like But I start I, I stopped doing stand up right when the the
0: downtown scene started. No, but I mean you were at the Boston and you were at yes, the seller and the, you, cellar mean the a lot. you mean the the, the, the Alternative you know, on ninety five. But like yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Did you take was your first writing job with Carolines? Yes. And I, Louis hired you? Um where no, John hired you? No, it was um, Joe Falzerone. Well, he ran the thing, but right. who was the head but writer he over the... there? Oh. Was it wasn't John Stewart the head writer once? It or... was John Stewart
1: the right. first time, and then Louis, then Louie and I were wor- writing for Rich Jenny when he was the host, right? And Louis just like he and Rich Jenny, no go. It wasn't a cl- and so Louis would just like not even pitch. It was kind of. Hilarious! He didn't even try. He didn't really? even try. Yeah, to
0: pitch Rich because Rich didn't like him.
1: No, it, they he, they just didn't
0: quite get each other. Oh, so Rich was just going to do his road material to open. Ba- Basically, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it just was, and and Louis was just like running it out, and then he left to st- work on Conan.
0: Right. That when that was like ninety three, 93. So your first job when you when you get a writer's job, you're like, I'm done no he did i did With that stand up oh
1: no. no 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 i i was doing that just because it was extra money and i was still doing stand up yeah and i was doing some warm-up like a for weird shows like the maurie show
0: oh really yeah you did the warm-up you really did anything well yeah because like, it was you know, in the even, morning he, but I, even the you know paying your dues thing that doesn't that's not you know warm-up is not part of it that. mm-hmm. that, uh, that's not that's a job you do no. if it doesn't work out
1: yeah, exactly. Well, as as it turns out, but at the time, yeah. I was like, oh, this is pretty. It's easy money in the middle of the and day. And it's
0: a union gig too, right? Uh, oh yeah, it was. It, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. But I also did. I was getting married, and I was broke, and we had no money for a honeymoon. So I, I took warm up for a kid, for where in the world is Carmen San Diego?
0: I don't even know what that is.
1: It was a kids show on yeah. PBS, and
0: and it was sixth <laughs> graders. Kids?
1: Sixth graders. <laughs> And and then I did like some off-handed joke about a teacher looking uh-huh. like John Gotti. And yeah, they, they fired me the next day. That was it. And I was like, "What? What's wrong?" And they said, "Mike, you called a man a mafioso. Yeah, and that
0: was too it. Controversial for too controversial. Too controversial. Sixth for, grade warm up for PBS. Yeah, so, yeah. So you, okay. So then, what leads you stopping? Um.
1: Oh well, I. Well then I I uh, was also I wrote for. Laura Keitlinger's show on Comedy Central when you were hosting Jonathan Groff was writing, I think. Yeah, I pulled Groff in.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so like I pulled it's so funny because I pulled Groff in because they the like they weren't gonna give me any bits. I was in the last, the last version of Short Attention Span Theater. Right. And I started with Groff in Boston. Right, right. And like I was, you know, I pulled him in. I gave him his first writing job. That was his first writing job. Wow, wow, wow. And so you were writing for stand up stand-up? Yes. Really? Yes. Huh. And so we were hanging out there and at, then at HBO Downtown, HBO 23rd Downtown, Street. yeah, Twenty St- Third Street, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then, um, well, were I, you the
0: only writer? Yes, I think that's what taught you guys how to head write a little bit. Uh, it was it was a really good experience because, like, we would be able to produce. We did some bits, you know, some yes. ca- desk piece type yes. of stuff, and it's true, sticks. and we'd have to produce it. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to. They're like, this is the prop guy, yeah. this is the costume right. person,
1: Nancy Geller. Nina Rosenstein. I, Nina Rosenstein. Yes. I dealt with Nina. She She's still friend. there. Is she? She's the big shot. Really? At HBO. I have no idea who. No. No idea. Like I never understood. Like the, I you know, know how who, some comics are like, oh well he uh, you know he's running uh, I don't know. B- yeah. that production company and this and and I, I was yeah. like, oh, well, I don't I don't understand the business side of these things. Yeah, me
0: new. I, st- yeah, I still still yeah. don't. I, yeah, I, right. I I don't I really don't. I remember yeah. meeting with some of those people being dragged into meetings, pitch meetings, uh, ruining them. Uh, Bridget Potter Richard Potter, I remember her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she brought me into yeah. uh, New Meyer. What was that guy's name? Uh, 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 old Meyer. Old oh, Meyer. Oh, oh, Meyer. Yeah, I pitched to right. Old oh, and destroyed the pitch in seconds. Wow. Well, in how? seconds. It, like, Did it you weird. know? Or were you just like. It was a talk show idea, and they were yeah. like, well, what kind of issues do you want yeah. to talk about? I'm like, you know, new, you know current stuff, AIDS, abortion. <laughs> was like, I'm Next. was Fucking idiot. Yeah. I'm wow. Gone. I just watched uh, Olmeyer's face drop. Did he just shut down? Oh, yeah. yeah. Done. Uh, Done. Bridget walked me out. I'm like, how'd that go? She's like, yeah.
1: should I have left out abortion <laughs> and just
0: concentrated on AIDS? AIDS? <laughs> more, You know, there are many sides of AIDS. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Give me one more shot. So, okay. So then when do you quit and why do you quit the stand-up? Uh, well, I, it wasn't intentional. I, I, um, I
1: Then I got high. Louis uh, left Conan. Yeah. And he was doing the warm-up there um for a couple months 94 95 yeah late late 94 and he recommended me to do the warm-up uh-huh so and i i submitted there twice a package they bought an idea of mine when the show started yeah for a remote and then um they i I tried out for a monologue so you're trying to write yeah 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 yeah. but i was still doing stand-up yeah like seven nights a week yeah a lot of a lot of sets every night and um but uh so i started doing the warm-up there and then um a few months in they were like do you want to submit again and I I was I was like okay but I I I was so nervous I wouldn't get hired as a writer uh-huh. and, and still have to go there to do the warm-up I'd be humiliated uh-huh. like I would not want to go right there every day if I didn't get hired it'd be embarrassing right but uh, and I, so they took pity on me and Jonathan Groff who you mentioned and I we were both hired and started the same day. Oh, yeah, so yeah.
0: he was hired as the head writer? No, we were both hired as writers, but he was oh. so phenomenal, he became the head writer in nine months. Why was that, why am I not remembering who the original head writer was? Original
1: head writer is Michael, just, Michael, Robert right, Smigel, Robert Smigel, right. and then, uh, Uh, marsh mccall took over for when smigel left in 94 Uh, marsh mccall and he he really wanted he he wanted to move back to california la and and do like sitcoms i'm having a hard time remembering yeah yeah So, so, so so he was the guy that left for john to step in exactly and then John was the head writer for 5 years and he was phenomenal.
0: Now who was now when and that and that's when you were just on the staff. I was on the
1: staff for 5 years.
0: And so you and John get hired at the same time. Who's the yeah. other writers at that on 94 show? Um Michael Gordon, uh I think Dino came back for a little
1: bit and Mike Stoynoff. <laughs> Kylie, Brian Kylie, who, who you know, who I started with. hilarious. Austin.
0: I started open mics with Brian really? Kylie when I was in college in 1984. Oh wow. Yeah. I, and he looked the same this, and he, he hasn't changed at all. He, 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 all he, of her he, body strength. He, he lived in Todd Berry's closet for a, yes. over a decade. That
1: is such a Boston comic thing
0: with, about well, not wanting his, to leave Boston. Right. So he kept his wife and his family in his house in Boston. Yes. And he like had a back room in, in Todd Berry's small ass apartment. Because he worked on the Conan show yeah. five days a week. Yeah. And he,
1: yes, he had like Conan would do an imitation of him like quietly reading a book.
0: Yeah. <laughs> On Todd Berry's <laughs> toilet <laughs> in the back room, yeah. trying not to wake Todd up, and you never see—you'd never see Kylie. I never saw him at Todd's. I'd go over to Todd's sometimes. I'm like, "Is Brian still? Oh my here? god, Is that's me? hilarious!" It was just
1: the weirdest thing. Oh yeah, he's up and he's in the back.
0: Yeah. So and okay. Brian Rich and you know, Brian was Rich,
1: really funny, funny, yeah. funny
0: writer. So you're just you're so you're just writing. You're writing what uh, yeah. sketches monologues and, and producing piece. them.
1: Like and I, you know what I. I loved it. I, I really loved writing stuff and shooting it and editing yeah. it. But it would, and and because it was a daily show, we were there to like midnight every sure. night. So I was like, I can't do, like after right, two weeks, right. I was like, I can't do stand up anymore. Yeah. And it, it that work, and, and then when I became the head writer, we were there. I mean, I was there till midnight
0: every night. So, but also, like, I guess on the other side of it is that you're you're married. You know, right. when, when did you start having the kids? Uh, when I when I started looking for
1: writing jobs, I mean, I, you know, I was like, I'm I'm making when I, before I was married, I was making a good living as a comedian. Yeah, but it was like oh, I need more money, and that's yeah. when I started looking for writing and the warm up gigs. Uh, so the kids came along ninety four and ninety seven. Oh, so yeah, then, yeah, yeah. So then it was you, that that means business. Yeah, yeah. Family yeah. to support. Right, and, and then the the Conan job was so it just um. I, the time has just flown by,
0: and but you had a good time at the beginning. Oh, oh yeah, it was fantastic. fantastic. And you like you get full health coverage, your family's taken care of. Right? Yeah, I buried. Killed. I buried the lead.
1: Incredible health benefits. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you can't beat it, Mark. Uh, yeah, no, w- all G-8. that stuff. It's good. You know what it was? I, I'm making light of it, yeah. and that was because I, I haven't thought about this in so long. It yeah. was like prior to that, I kept a book of every penny I made, and. I had to make my weekly nut, you yeah. know, and and all of a sudden, yeah, I was getting this paycheck. Yeah, and it, you're right; it was, it's crazy. It was transformative. Of course, it's like, oh my god!
0: And then you get doctors for everybody, get that,
1: kids, kids, whatever you want. Yeah,
0: go see. A I doctor. hope you get acne, just yeah. so I can send you to a doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's how great the benefits are. It's true. Yeah. What did you is your wife? What does she do for anything?
1: My wife. Uh, we moved to L. A. Uh, with the Tonight Show. Right, but uh,
0: did your wife, did she work in uh, New York?
1: Well, she was working in corporate communications. Mm. But when we met, we both had quit. I quit being a lawyer. She quit her day job to write fiction. Mm. And she, I thought she was really talented, and I'd go, come on, come on. And she was lazier than She wasn't lazy. Yeah. She was scared. Right, And she put it off. And she was working as a telephone operator at the Waldorf, but she... She gave up, and then we got married. She never really tried yeah. writing. Got married, had kids, moved to LA, and I think being dislodged from New York City and Brooklyn, uh-huh. and that, you know, New York is so, ri- there's so many writers. Sure, I think when she came out here, she felt freed up. And yeah. she, she went and got her MFA when yeah. she was 50. Oh, wow. And her last short story, her, her teacher, Brett Johnson, who is a great teacher, said, yeah. he goes, I think it's the start of a novel. She wrote a novel. Yeah, she, and it became an internet. It's an international bestseller. Uh, really? Yeah, it's translated in twenty six languages. What's it called? It's called The Nest. Wow! Like they sold the movie rights before it came out. I mean, it was. Is her first novel? Her first novel. That's great. Yes, and she went on book tour. She went on, an, I I went with her to Berlin. Wow! Where like they had an actor, a, a German actor, read her book out loud in German. Like it, it's it was cra- A crazy best. It was a. Giant That's amazing. you yeah. write another one? She's working on one now.
0: That's a great story. Mm, yeah, it's it's uh, it's great. I'm glad something good came out of the tonight show experience. Ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, the tonight show. I what, yeah. Well, so okay, well let's talk about that. because you're there through all of this. Like you, yeah. in your relationship with Conan, you get along good with him. Obviously, yeah. We get, yeah, yeah, we're like, you understand old, him. We're an
1: old gay couple, yeah. I'd
0: say. And so I mean that in the best way possible. No, I, I no. think I understand it. Really? I, I took it as a good thing, S- sexual everything. I, well, support. that's good. I, you yeah. know, mix it up. You know what I mean. Nice. Yeah, never a dull moment. No. Good for you, living no, life you. to yes. its fullest. Thank so, you. but but you know, when that whole thing happened, where yeah. it's sort of this weird contractual obligation that all of a sudden, like Jay's doing fine, but he's right. leaving because it's in Conan's contract that so, uh, yes that he gets the tonight show yes. now yes. and that was a Gavin uh, Pallone exclusive uh, <laughs> I,
1: I don't you know I, I don't know who came up with that but I agree with you I can't think of anything more antithetical uh, non show business than to announce, you know, in 5 years, yeah, well you, you know so and so will be taking the mantle like me, show business is surprise like if you have if you yeah, made a good who, movie Yeah, but what kind you, of deal is that?
0: And, it, the, and the, it's, cra- it's, and it's, the
1: fact it's, that they abided by it. Well, but but then I remember, I remember getting called in to after a show one night in New York and I was like, uh, Jay's going to, he's not leaving. He's doing a show from 10 to 11 every night. I, we all knew that was not good. Uh,
0: you know, it was just. He was going to be your lead in.
1: Yeah. Kind and, of. Yeah. But it was doing the Tonight Show at, from okay. 10 to 11. and And. You know, I remember we came out to look. They were building a new studio for us, and we came out, and it was the footprint of it. And, it was, yeah. and I it's like, oh, this is too big. Yeah, was, just because you, you were talking about before, like small rooms. Small, yeah, well, that the old that's Conan studio. That's better for comedy. How much did that old studio? Hundred ninety-eight
0: like? people. Right. Yeah. Well, that well, yeah, it was it? It was almost like uh, let's get this guy Conan into an environment and a situation right. that is so far right. out of his wheelhouse. Right. Yeah. You turned over the reins to. Uh, who was it, Seth? Who took the show? Uh, the, no,
1: it was Jimmy Fallon.
0: Oh, right, Fallon. Yeah, and then uh, and then you all come out here. He moved everybody. Well, you, we did. The, we moved out here to do the Tonight Show. Right, you yeah, and, and uh, Paula and Frank and all the writers. And, yeah, you know yes. Kylie and the and, whole almost the entire everybody production. Everybody. Yeah, moved out for the NBC. Yep, and it's just right from the get. Right, you know. With, I have to assume that like by week two, you're like, oh no,
1: no. Uh, We didn't think that after week two. I mean, there were, I think, nervous jitters about starting a new thing. Yeah. But I just...
0: Everyone was gangbusters. like, we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. The Tonight Show now.
1: Yeah, but there was second guessing. Sure, there was second guessing comedy bits and stuff. Where, yeah. oh, you know, that's too long, and and you know, for for eleven thirty, right?
0: Well, yeah, the eleven thirty, th-
1: a little overthink that way. But but I always felt like, well, we'll just this will all kind of straighten out yeah. naturally, you know, right. given the given time. Yeah, but then there was no time.
0: And was Would it, it like what was it like in the bunker? Um, it was just
1: um, in January. Uh, this call came about. They wanted Jay to take over, yeah, uh, or Jay do half the half hour, second half hour, and Conan
0: does a half hour. And uh, and then they wanted to start at midnight for a while, and then Conan's like, "Oh, Not that, doing that, that that was it." Yeah. I'm sorry, I had it totally backwards. It was Jay first, from eleven to twelve, yeah. yeah,
1: for a half an hour, and he was just oh. like, uh, "Which I, it it's just more." Dividing everything by half, it, yeah. it, it just was getting crazier and crazier. So
0: it was just like they wanted Jay just. To, we're just gonna have Jay do the monologue, right, 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 and right. you finish the show. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was all. It was all. Well, just tricked the people. It was all. It was all.
1: It was just ratcheting up in in terms of and was crazy just, plans. Was everybody NBC.
0: right? But was was there a chaos people, and sadness? There, and people anger? were
1: really upset and angry. I. Part of me, I I enjoy chaos. So really, yeah, uh, well, you were brought up with right, it. right, right. So I was kind of like, oh, this is this is this, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I was comfortable, yeah. and the last two weeks we, you know, to, like we loved going after NBC. So that was that yeah. we had a great time the last two. Weeks. Yeah, that was great. And
0: then so we kind of left on a high actually so, now when that when the show ended were, were you guys set up again or no it, no you just sort of no one knew mm-hmm. what was going to happen well it was like he was going to pay you for the year right right it's, yeah yeah
1: that, oh that's the other reason i wasn't that upset yeah and and no it was just uh he was like oh let's go let, let's go on tour oh yeah i i forget who had uh, just a week rally the later. troops exactly yeah so we put together a show and during that tbs
0: he got hired by tbs and brought everybody back and we all yeah we were back on great studio over there but now that sort of arced into this half hour thing and now a broadcast. but so you've stuck through all this and now like you know because it's the tbs show seemed fun and they were really it was a great situation over there and it felt great and the set was great and everybody was good but you know now it's evolved into this half hour sort of like right, thing, and right. you know, but it's like getting support. You know he's got a podcast now. You're right. doing a podcast as well.
1: Yeah, it's a, totally it's a parasitic. Right, it's about it's, the Conan shows, but so. it's
0: within the family. Like it's, I mean, that's what there's a, a it's network masculating sort of. on my part. The yeah. Yeah. Like Conan's great. No, yeah, right. no, I'm kidding. But, but no, but I yeah. mean, you know, it's sort of like it's a it's a the, the yes, diversity of media. It is a
1: bit of a bit of any. Yeah, he did a stand up tour last year and. I went and out you, on that. With you him. did,
0: and what do you do on those? You just sort of punch shit up and write shit and no, think it, of stuff. Or, it was all all his own.
1: It was kind of fun because he had never done actual like going out on tour as a stand up. So I didn't. He, I
0: missed this. It wasn't a musical thing.
1: No, no. There's. It was just straight twenty five minutes, and then there were other comics. And oh really? Yeah, so, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I see. So he brought. He had a few comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but he'd know. go on first, yeah. and. Uh, uh, he just worked up stuff, and I did. He do a good job. He did a great job. Yeah, yeah, he did a great job. But um, oh, go going back to the half hour thing. Like I, 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 I head wrote yeah. till twenty fifteen. How many years total? Fifteen you, years. You're the head writer. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, because it's the stress. So you're not the head writer away. anymore. Now he's doing travel shows, so right. I'm kind of running those, which oh. is a total. Finland.
0: Uh, exactly, into but, Cuba or whatever. Where to right, go? Right, Cuba.
1: I we've been to like thirteen places. Like we went to Greenland. So that's the week of... after Trump said he's going to buy Greenland.
0: Right, I remember.
1: Right, so yeah. you. So yeah. that's
0: a thing you schedule in. How many? Like yeah. are, are, three a year. Three a
1: year. But it, But it's. Uh, yeah, and then I. I work on other other, other stuff going on at the show. But really? but but I. Yeah, I. I mean, I, I kind of stepped down because my wife's book was coming out, and yeah. I thought. I, I wanted to, like, she was going on tour and everything, and I wanted to hang out with her. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And also just work a little less,
0: you know. Sure. Like, like after all. So, so kind of ease Yeah. Set, yeah. E- ease up a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I don't have the day. Have to, some more time. I don't have the
1: day. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Like, they you I, have nothing to do. Yeah. And they, they won't notice I'm missing until like Tuesday. <laughs> that's what I'll show. Up. No, we actually just finished editing uh, Conan in Ghana. Oh, really? Yeah. We went to Ghana in June. How was that? It was great. Is he That's just great. doing
0: this because he wants to see the world? Yes, it's a total, <laughs> it's a total food <laughs> dog. Well,
1: these means like uh, where do you know? And it, I just like look up luxury brochures. Yeah, and, uh, no, but Ghana was, invited us, uh, and um, it's a PR thing. You know, come, it, come to Ghana. It was this year because Ghana's it's the year of return, which is the 400th anniversary of the slave trade. Oh wow! And they invited Conan to huh. help commemorate it. Wow! He, he, listen, I why they invited Conan to... I don't know. But the, but it, it ended up being great because we brought Sam Richardson with us from Veep because uh-huh. uh, his mother's gone, Nan. Oh, okay. And uh, he's great very funny. And, uh, you, you know, we, we just come up with all these segments and we have a local fixer. But then we also have this serious segment... You about know, slavery. About slavery. So uh, that's the weird difference in these travel shows is many of them have serious segments in them.
0: And you're... You're happy still, yeah. And Conan's okay.
1: He's great. Okay,
0: he's he, you know he's
1: it's how old is he now? And all all the right like it's a great writing staff, and we laugh. Martin all day and Conan. Kylie and Kylie kilmartin Martin. Uh, Lori kilmartin is r- great and uh, a lot of our writers are great comedians. Lori Martin, yeah. Brian Kiley, Kylie, Kylie, Andre Dubushey. know I haven't him. seen him in a while. But Tod- yeah. Todd Levin, Dan Cronin, yeah. Dan, uh, I haven't I have seen him do standup. Levi McDougal, uh-huh. and Jose Arroyo, and our new head writers, Matt O'Brien.
0: No relationship to Conan, huh? Yeah, and you just kind of stepped aside. Yeah, I huh. did. Yeah, yeah. But you have no desire. Like you're not going to go. Into some other writing world, you're just going to take it easy.
1: No, I'm incredibly lazy. I've always been lazy, yeah. and this is perfect. I mean, I'm working on these travel shows, yeah.
0: and and you know. And your wife's a big writer now. Yeah. And your kids are vinyl collectors. They're vinyl collectors. Are they?
1: Are they working? Uh, one works. Uh, he lives in Bushwick. Oh, he's uh, back east. And he's PA on a lot of shows. Yeah. Uh, and he's doing great. Oh, he's, good. Yeah, he's in demand. Like he's always working. And he's, he's in
0: demand as a PA. He is. Well, like good. freelance. Oh, okay. Like but he
1: gets and then our other son's uh here in LA and he's in a rock band. A good rock band? It's I love them. They're they're called Rodeo Clown, our clown, but they have a whole backstory. They were three guys on a field trip who were kidnapped by a doctor, an evil doctor who kind of lobotomized them and makes them sing his music. Interesting. <laughs> do they got, do they have a but, following? They do have a, a following, and but when they book gigs, they write emails as the doctor. They're like, "Well, the he the it's boys. like the boys are kind of busy right now." But so oh, wow, and they have merch with the doctor's copyright on it. Oh, what a trip! So yeah. it's a whole little fantasy world. It's a little fantasy. And world. What, what's he play? Uh, he plays. Uh, he's really into synths. Oh, so he's so, a keyboard guy. Keyboard guy. He plays guitar. Oh, so yeah, yeah.
0: yeah Well, that's great. Yeah, Mike, it's great that's talking it. to you. Well, it's great talking to you. You survived. I, I did. I'm still barely hanging on. Yeah, but I mean, the childhood thing is completely surprising and exciting. And it's oh yeah, like, it's one of those things where, you know, y- y- you would think the story would be somewhere you know sort of fully trauma based, but you, that right. th- you seem to be pretty chipper about the whole thing in retrospect. Oh yeah.
1: Well, she's dead. <laughs>
0: Fuck yeah, man. I'm chipper. <laughs> Finally, you're released. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I got- well, you, you honored her wishes, which I thought was nice of you as an abused son. Yes, exa- exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was good talking to you. Okay, great. Right? What? How does that guy sound so well-adjusted? Mike Sweeney, the podcast is called Inside Conan, an Important Hollywood Podcast. Along with, he hosts that with uh, Jesse Gaskell. And I got, I got, you know, I haven't plugged in this fucking Stratocaster in a couple of weeks, and it just really moved me. It sounded gritty, dirty. Here, I'll play it for you.